Pastor Mark. Chapter 3. Mark chapter 3 for a few moments. Maybe a few uh, minutes. Maybe a couple hours. I don't know, but we're going to let the Lord lead. Amen. Mark chapter 3. That's good singing, good playing during the Lord's Supper. Just good to be in the house of God. And this is a record attendance for Time Change Sunday night. Usually we bomb out because everybody's out of sorts, but y'all had an extra hour of sleep last night, so you ought to be fired up, ready to go, praise God, time changes, only thing is it don't change in South Africa, so now I'm seven hours uh, different from my family than I was six hours, so they don't change, they don't have, they don't, they just stay with it, amen. Mark chapter three, we preached this morning about religion and um, about how the Lord defied the Sabbath on purpose to get a point across that he is the Sabbath. The Son of Man is the Lord also of the Sabbath. And then uh, he healed on the Sabbath. And then we see the multitudes begin to come to him. And I want to preach just one verse tonight. And I'll leave it with Brother Jason on the unpardonable sin next Sunday morning. But um, I want you to look at uh, verse 6 of Mark. Let's stand on the Word of God, chapter 3. Verse 6, the Bible says, And the Pharisees went forth straightway and took counsel with, with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. Now this is amazing, the Herodians had nothing to do with the Jews, but to fight Jesus, they made a coalition with a bunch of politicians. Folks, the reason we need to vote Tuesday and the reason we need to vote biblically and spiritually and let the Spirit of the Lord lead and not vote for your convenience or what's good for you, is because the politicians can either make it peaceful or they can make it a terrible persecution in a country to worship the living God. And so we need to vote for people that are wanting to have freedom of worship, amen, and freedom to let people live in the womb and freedom uh, to, uh, uh, to have peace in this country. So the Rhodians... They came together with the Jews, and they didn't even like the Jews. Uh, they just liked King Herod. But Jesus withdrew himself from his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea and from Jerusalem and from the Idumea and from beyond Jordan, and they about Tyre and Sidon, and a great multitude when they had heard what great things he that came unto him. And he spake unto his disciples that a, 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 a small ship should wait on him that because of the multitude, lest they should throne him. And he had healed many, insomuch that they pressed upon him uh, for, for to touch him, as many as had plagues. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God, demons crying out. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. And here's the text for tonight. And he goeth up into a mountain. And he calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained twelve, that they should be with him, that he might send them forth to preach, and have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. And Simon, he surnamed Peter, and Jesus, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of uh, James, and, and the surname Barnaeus, and, and, which is the son of thunder, and Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus 
and Simon and the Canaanites, and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him. And they went into the house, and the multitude cometh together again, but they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, He is beside himself, or they thought that Jesus was crazy. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the great time of worship we've had. Lord, we do pray that you'd work some miracles this week in our country, in our state, in our community. And God, we thank you for what you've already done in our church. Thank you for the miracle of grace that you've given Sister Stephanie. And Lord, for the Sinclairs, who I know the devil's trying to bombard with guilt because he was driving to that market. And Lord, I know uh, the devil would like to fill the whole, whole family, Sinclairs and the West Coast, with fear. And uh, Lord, we just praise you and thank you, God, for the peace that passes understanding and the grace to go on and serve you. So Lord, help us to, to learn to pray tonight and to be motivated to pray. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do in and through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd also like you to look over to Luke chapter 6, verse 12, real quick. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. The Bible says, and it came to pass in those days that he went out Chapter 6, verse 12, into a mountain to pray, and he continued all night in prayer to God. He continued all night in prayer. That's a commentary of verse 13 of our text. Folks, he went up to the mountain, but then Luke, the physician, got a little more detailed and said what he did on that mountain. He prayed all night. I'd like to title this message, Why Did Jesus Pray All Night? Why Did Jesus Pray All Night? You know, I believe, first of all, we'll see in our text back in uh, Mark chapter 3, and I hope I'm not confusing you by uh, dual text. It's like a double-barrel shotgun. If one don't get you, the other will. But um, I want to emphasize the need of prayer. I believe with all my heart that uh, the, the problem today in servanthood is prayer. Prayer. Uh, We sometimes uh, emphasize planning and uh, promotion, and people, and all kinds of things. But I want to tell you something. What we need to emphasize in the local church is prayer. Prayer. It's a house of prayer. Amen? And uh, why did Jesus pray all night is my question. And why did he call 12 disciples is another question. And I believe, first of all, that Jesus prayed all night because the truth that was entrusted to the disciples. Look at it. It says, uh, that, he, he, he or, that he ordained twelve that they should be with him that he might send them forth to preach. There's a key word, preach. Friend, he, they came to proclaim the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4 real quick. Or real slow, I'm not in a hurry. Praise God, time's changed and it's later than it's ever been before. But that's all right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says this. So as we're allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. Folks, I want to tell you something. The sacred trust that we have is that God has given us the gospel to preach, gospel to testify, the gospel to hand out like that dear man. And I got all these um, uh, prospects that I'll hand out at the bus meeting right after church. Uh, Folks, listen, God help us, God help us tonight to realize the privilege and the power of the gospel. It's the gospel of Christ. It's the power unto salvation. 
It's, it's unto the whole world. And folks, it, the, the, the origin of the gospel is not some politician. It, it's not some uh, Baptist doctrine. It's, it's, it's the gospel of Christ. Amen? It, and folks, uh, heralds would come out on the uh, uh, corners and they would uh, say, Hear ye, hear ye. I have an uh, announcement from the king. And everybody would stop. Matter of fact, it was, a, it was a prison sentence if they did not stop and listen to that herald, that uh, one with the good news. And folks, we have not the gospel of Caesar. We have not the gospel of Jimmy uh, Carter, God help us. We don't have the gospel of uh, Donald Trump. That's what I, why I said what I said about that group up there. They stood all day long to hear the president. I don't think they ought to do it on Sunday at all. I, just, I disagree with that. I think you ought to do it on Saturday, all this stuff. Amen. Uh, Sunday's not the day for any politics. Amen. I, I believe that. I believe we ought to... Well, to worship the living God, amen. Don't get me started on that. Who brought that up? But anyway, uh, the truth uh, is that God has entrusted us with the gospel. And it's the most important thing that a person could ever hear is that through the death, the burial, and the resurrection, they can be changed from death unto life. They can be saved. They can go to heaven instead of hell. They can have their sins forgiven. They can have freedom. They can have power over the devil. It's the gospel of Christ for it is the power unto salvation. Amen? It's the power of God. And folks, I believe that the reason he prayed all night is because of the importance of laborers taking the gospel to a lost and dying world. He's about to go to the cross. He's about to uh, be uh, buried and rise from the dead and send to heaven, but he left some, something for us to do. And that's to take the gospel. And then I also see that um, the, the names of these folks, and I destroyed a couple of them, as I always do, Bartholomew. Who would name their kid Bartholomew? Amen. Maybe it's Bart. Amen. I don't know. And Matthew and Thomas and all these, these folks. And then even Judas Icarus' name, and he betrayed him. He wasn't ever saved. But I want you to know, friend, these men, uh, number two, I believe the reason he prayed all night is because of their, uh, their urgent need for the Spirit of God to anoint them. They're just ordinary men called of God. You're just an ordinary man or woman or boy or girl, and you need the power of God. And folks, I believe that these witnesses, these disciples, were soon going to be martyrs, and they're going to die, and they needed wisdom and power and compassion to be fruitful disciples. Without Christ, you can do nothing. Without His Spirit, you're just a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Without God's power, you cannot witness effectively. They baptized the, the, with the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and they sent them out to be witnesses. That means martyrs. And they had a message. So I believe he prayed all night because he knew that uh, they needed power, verse 15, and they have power, but also he knew they were just persons that needed help. They needed the power of God. And then it also says, and the multitudes cometh, in verse 20, that they could not so much as eat bread. Folks, I believe he prayed all night because there's so many people that need the Lord. And folks, the eternal effect of one person that receives the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's the difference in heaven and hell for eternity. And so I said all that to say this. Why don't we pray all night? Well, let's just start with this. Why don't we pray? Why don't we really pray? I want to give you three reasons why we do not pray like Jesus prays. 
And uh, let me just introduce it by first of all saying that we do not pray, and we have not because we ask not, but we ask to miss because of unconfessed sin in our life. Look at Mark chapter 11, verse 22. I referred to this Wednesday night, and boy, how God moved Wednesday night in the smallest crowd we've had in a long time. I believe our adults went trick-or-treating. I really do. I believe some of y'all was out trick-or-treating instead of going to the house of God. I really believe that. But if I'm not correct, just correct correct me. Amen? But anyway, y'all was somewhere. I don't know where, where everybody was, but there's a lot of people not here. But I want to tell you something. The faithful few that came, boy, God spoke to our hearts. Amen, Brother Mark? God spoke to our hearts about bitterness and about forgiveness. And folks, Mark chapter 11, I read this, but I've got to read it again. In verse 22, it says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Hayden? Hayden, you back? You still back there? Good. Amen. You listening? Okay. Have faith in God. One thing to sing about faith is another thing to pray by faith. It's probably easier to sing by faith than it is to pray by faith. But I'll tell you what, it's a good song. I'm glad he, I believe the Holy Ghost led you to sing that song. I really believe that. Because folks, if you don't believe, you're just praying words. Words are easily spoken. Uh, Miss Elsie, God bless her, she gave me a song to sing. I thought it was the hardest song I've ever sung in my life. Master of the Wind wasn't hard. She gave me another one to sing, and she told me to sing. She didn't ask me. She told me. She said, God laid on my heart for you to sing this song, preacher. And she was doing that all the time. And when somebody laid, uh, when, when Miss Elsie had something laid on your heart, you don't argue. You don't even smile. You just say, hallelujah, I'll do it. But it was a song by a high tenor singer. And it was, prayer is the key. To heaven, see, way above my range. But faith unlocks the door. And it says, words are so easily spoken. But faith, faith reaches to heaven. And it talked about words are easily spoken and that faith is like, a, like, a, like a, being in a boat without some oars. There's just nothing to pull it. And I want to tell you something, friend. We do a lot of things by feelings. But the Bible says, have faith in God. But look at verse 30, 23. For verily I say unto you, are you with me? Mark 11, that whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed and, and, um, and cast into the sea, and shall uh, not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that thou, those things which he saith that come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And folks, it's miraculous what prayer can do. Look at verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Folks, we need to have faith. Not just to make our faith promise, but our, we have need to have faith to pray for our missionaries that it's reaching uh, to those uh, little kids that are wondering why daddy was shot Monday. Why did they go over to to Cameroon to have daddy get killed. Our prayers can help them. If I didn't believe that, let's just go home and forget this stuff and go up to the uh, Chattanooga and have a political rally because that's about the only hope we got. Prayer moves mountains. Prayer moves hearts. Prayer changes lives. Prayer reaches uh, the throne of God. Prayer gets a hold of the will of God. And folks, we need God to move. And he said he ordained us to pray, 
pray, and then he would move. But wait a minute, there's a problem. It says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have all against any, that your Father also which in heaven may forgive you in your trespasses. For if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Do you just believe that the devil knows that promise? And maybe that's the reason he bombards you with bitterness all the time? That's counsel with somebody right before the service about bitterness. I want to tell you something, friend. The devil uses anger and bitterness as his number one attack. And I want to say, besides the next one I'm going to mention, but folks, listen, we have not because we ask not, and I believe we don't pray like Jesus prays because we, we just got sinner in our lives. Psalm 66, 18 says, regarded iniquity in heart, he'll not hear us. The Bible says that our, uh, his hand is not short and he might not say, but our prayers have separated us from God. Our sin has separated us from God. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2. There's a very interesting passage in 1 Samuel chapter 12 that a lot of preachers preach out of context. I want you to turn to 1 Samuel 12, verse 23. 1 Samuel 12, verse 23. They really don't take it out of context. They just don't develop the text. And I don't have time to do it either, so I'll probably take it out of context. But the Bible says it's a sin not to pray. But it's a sin not to pray for a specific people. Let me show it to you. 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 23. You with me? Amen. I need you to be with me now. Listen intently. Listen encouragingly. Listen enthusiastically. I believe the Holy Ghost is much in listening as it is in the preaching. I believe that. I believe you ought to pray, Holy Spirit, help me listen. Amen. First Samuel chapter 12. I want you to look at verse 23. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I would sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and perfect way. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your hearts. For consider how great things He hath done for you. But if you shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your king. Now Samuel has just been rejected. Samuel has been rejected by his own people. Because look at verse 22, it says, For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because he has pleased the Lord to make you his people. They wanted a, they wanted a king like other nations. They didn't want a theocracy, they wanted a king. And Samuel was kind of the representative of God. He was the man of God. And they, they said, hey, no, we don't want you. We want somebody like Saul. Self-willed, tall Saul. Because he was a celebrity. He was a good speaker. He was a good warrior. And Folks, I want to tell you something. Samuel said this. God forbid, and it is a sin, if I don't pray for you, even though you've kicked me out the door. Tell you what is a sin, and it's not just general not to pray is sin. It's a sin not to pray for those who hurt you and reject you and reject your leadership. That's a sin. It's a sin of not praying for them. And so, folks, a lot of times we don't pray for people that we don't like. We don't pray for people that hurt us. We pray something like this, God, kill them and we'll tell them it's chicken pox. Amen? 
Come on, say amen. That's what y'all do. Amen. I, I heard somebody. No, not really. And, you know, we, we pray, oh, oh, Lord, just, you know, slay them and, and chasten them. Well, you don't have to pray that. God's going to do that. But we need to pray is, oh, Lord, have mercy on them. And, Lord, I can't help what they did to me, but I sure can help how I react to what they did. That's called responding in the Spirit. There's sometimes people make me so mad, I'd like to wring their neck. You say, you would? Yeah, I'm human just like you are. I'd like to clean house, hallelujah. I'd like to just take somebody by the collar and say, hey, listen, buddy, you don't treat God like that, and you definitely don't treat my wife like that, and you don't treat my children like that, but I can't do that. I ask God to do it. No, I ask God to have mercy and have mercy on me that I won't get as low as they do by being bitter. Say amen. So you can't control what people do to you, but you can ask the Holy Spirit to control what you do back to them. Oh, folks, listen, we don't have our prayers answered because we get bitter and we get full of unforgiveness. And, and, and Samuel said, God forbid I don't pray for you. You, you that rejected me, you that hurt me. And so sin unconfessed helps us not to pray like Jesus. The Bible says that faithlessness, Mark eleven twenty four, and then sheer disobedience. Proverbs 28, 9 says, if you do not hear the law, your prayers are an abomination to God. It stinks in the nostrils of God. If you don't read your Bible, don't try to pray. But don't just read it, heed it. So if you're not obedient to what God's revealed for you to do, and you pray, your prayer's not going to be honest. It's called sheer disobedience. Shutting our ears to the Word of God. Proverbs 28, verse 9. And then last but not least, I'll tell you why we don't pray like Jesus prayed. I don't think any of us has ever prayed all night by ourselves. We've had all-night prayer meetings. You know how we have all-night prayer meetings? You take one, I'll take two, you take three, you take four. That's about the best we can do, amen. That ain't, that ain't half bad, praise God. Stop looking at me like we're weak. I said, you great prayer warriors down here every Friday night, I know, and you pray all night. Hallelujah, go ahead. But You know, it'd be great if the church had all-night prayer meetings again. We'd just at least pray to 12 o'clock on Friday night like we used to. But you know why I believe that a lot of people don't pray like Jesus does and pray long and pray hard and pray, pray fervently and have a place of prayer, chapter 1, but also have a time of prayer, chapter 3, is because of sickening pride. Sickening pride. Sin unconfessed, sheer disobedience, shutting our ears to the Word of God, but last but not least, sickening. You know, we have not because we ask not. But then we, we have not because we ask to miss. And we consume it upon our own lust. Folks, I believe one of the greatest indictments upon the church today is that we don't think we need prayer. Until everything blows up in this nation, everything falls apart and judgment starts, we probably won't pray like a people should pray. It's amazing how emergencies and how chastening and how 
total, total devastation causes people to pray. Don't wait to then. Pray now. Look at Luke chapter 18. Um, and I believe, I believe it's um, verse 1. It might not be. Sometimes I don't write down things right. No, it's verse 11. The Bible also says in another scripture that we, we uh, faint because we do not pray. And that's spiritual breathing, praying. It ought to be breath to you. The intake is the Word of God. The outtake is praying, praising God. Let me just say this. In verse eight, 18, chapter 18 of Luke, verse 11, the Bible says, The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as the publicans. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes to all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up his, uh, so much his, his eyes to heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. One of the most powerful verses on revival, I believe, in the Word of God is Isaiah chapter 57, and I believe it's verse 15. The Lord just laid that on my heart, so bear with me as I find it. But in Isaiah 57, verse 15, it says, thus, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabit eternity, God, whose name is Holy. I will dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. I'll tell you the reason we don't pray like Jesus prayed. And that don't mean you have to pray all night. That means you ought to just pray every night and every day and every moment. You ought to have a place of prayer and you ought to have a time of prayer. But we're so busy but I believe we're so self-sufficient that we do not pray fervently, faithfully, in the Spirit. We live in difficult days, horrendously wicked days. Brother Randy was sharing in the, the uh, prayer meeting that Ophir was calling ladies down in Atlanta to to shout out if they'd had an abortion. I mean, brag on it. That's wicked. That's ungodly. That's heathen. That's a disciple of hell. When you, when you, when you cry out and brag about having an abortion, and I know some of you ladies have had one, but there's forgiveness after your mistakes. And there ought to be a broken and contrite heart. Say amen. One time a lady rebuked me for putting a thing in the bulletin about abortion and she just told me off said I don't appreciate that and I looked at her as kindly as I could and said just because you had one don't mean I cannot warn our teenagers not to have one 
you need to get over it. And you need to ask forgiveness. And you need to conclude the past. And I told her that. And she took it pretty well. Stayed about two weeks. Then she left. No, not really. She stayed for a long time until her whole life fell apart. Sickening pride. Who are we? Who am I? Not to say, Lord, I can't make it without you. This nation cannot make it without you. It's horrendously evil. It's satanically possessed. We're living in a post-Christian America. Do you realize that? We're living where the church could go under persecution and have to meet like they do in other countries secretly if things keep getting worse. God's given us a space of grace, and some of y'all might not agree with that, and I don't know how it happened. It's a miracle. It's just a flat miracle that we have the liberties we have today. Say amen. I don't apologize for it. I'm enjoying it. I praise God for it. And I don't know how it's happening. I don't know why he's, he's doing it. But I'll take it any day of the week. And I believe it's through the prayers of God's people. Amen. But it's a sad, wicked day when the vice president of the United States can come to Dalton, Georgia and speak and there's more coverage of some heathen Will Smith and Hollywood stars and movie stars going to Atlanta politicking down there. That's a wicked day. I like our vice president because he's saved out of the Catholic Church. Amen. He's a pretty humble guy too. Amen. He don't put his foot in his mouth like somebody else I know all the time. But anyway, I can't be disrespectful. Sickening pride. Folks, I'm going to tell you this. America is under judgment without God's people, which are called by His name humbling themselves and praying and turning from their wicked ways. I just want to close because my time is up and I've just half preached this message. Why don't we pray all night? Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray just any of the night? Why don't we pray before we do anything? Why don't we pray before we make decisions? Why don't we pray for more labors? Why don't we pray for wisdom in, in leading people, not try to do it all ourselves in the flesh? Because that wreaks havoc and division among the people. Because the flesh always divides and the flesh ruins everything. Why don't we pray that God would send revival to Whitfield Baptist Church and the surrounding churches? I'll tell you why. Because we really think we can make it without Him. We really think that we can just get us a bunch of disciples and they really don't need the power of God. They just need the power of persuasion. We really don't pray like we ought to because we don't realize there's a lot of Judases in the midst and there's a multitude of people coming. And they don't need a better program and they don't need more personality and they don't need you and they don't need me in the flesh what they need is a Holy Ghost-filled labor. A Holy Ghost-filled labor that's so close to God and so prayed up and so powerfully dedicated to God and so sacrificial that people want to follow. 
you like they followed Jesus. That's why Jesus prayed all night. That's why he knew that he had to pray because there was sin in the midst and there was flesh in the camp and there was a multitude that needed Jesus and there's a difference in heaven and hell and there's a difference in revival and man-made uh, revolutions and folks, they were called of God and they shook the world and they turned the world upside down and prayers were answered and multitudes and thousands were saved. Acts 2 and Acts 4 and on and on multitudes and multitudes, even the priests got saved. The hardest of hard cases got saved. Why? Because God anointed some apostles to be men of prayer. Why did Jesus pray all night? Because the next day he called ordinary men that would fall at Jesus' feet, be anointed with the Holy Ghost at Pentecost, and spread the gospel to the known world. And thousands and thousands thousands of people got saved why don't we pray like Jesus prayed and I ain't calling an all night prayer meeting I'm just asking you every night pray every morning pray every day pray find your place of prayer before you do planning pray before you try to work things out, pray. Before you witness, pray. Before you make major decisions, pray. Because if you don't pray and have faith, God's not going to send revival. Let's pray. Father, thank you for you making time to pray. It seems like we don't have desire to agonize like we used to. We don't think it's necessary to pray. We have no initiative, no drive for the fervency born out of the awareness that we need you. God, help us to pray like Jesus prayed because our world is full of sin. We got this instant, easy, society, look it up in Google mentality that everything can be solved if we can just find an answer. God, help us to realize prayer is work and prayer is war and prayer is worship. God, teach us to pray. I want to ask you to forgive me as the pastor of this flock for not praying like I ought to too busy I'm too quick to go into action Lord help us to be still and know that you're God and God help us never be guilty of bitterness anger, malice division in the house of God that causes us not to pray 